give you the Armada. Kenobi. I'm not a monster. Oh, Black and white, everybody. A bonus. Bonus. We are very, very excited to talk to Message. you all about uh, this wonderful movie that Marcus had us uh, recommended we watch and also was voted upon by you, the people. Uh, recommended yeah. we give this view. Um, we watched Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. 1996 movie by by the Waynes brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to get into it, y'all. We are going to talk about a movie that resoundingly could not get made today. I feel very confident that could, oh, could not get made. Could, a good man. conversation to have. It yeah. would be tough. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and kick it on over to Marcus J. Destin, a.k.a. Pootie Tang himself. Marcus, how you feeling, sir? Put it on need no words. Put it on need no music. That's how I'm feeling, baby. It's good. Booty was too cool for words. Man, I'm feeling good about reviewing this movie. This is the first time I think we have talked about a movie like this to the stature. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll be very interesting to get the perspective from the guys um, of this movie from their <laughs> viewpoints. And so I'm really excited about that. You know what I mean? Ready to dive into it. Man. Not since we did um, I'm Going to Get You Sucker. Yeah, this is that would have yeah, been that would have been the last vibe. that would have been the last one. Same. That oh, that was also a, a Wayne. I don't think I was well. with y'all for that. Yeah, yeah. you no, were not. No, this, no, was, not yet, Brian. this was pre third heat, Brian. Yeah. This is this was during the murder wow. of George wow. Floyd, and when we decided as a podcast to do and review black films, got it. Mm-hmm. And their got messages it. with special guests like Rashina and Ash Lamont Sellers. All right, yeah, shout out to those folks. But Brian Roush, aka 40 ounce in the background. How you feeling, sir? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good to talk about this because this Mm -hmm. made me laugh out loud, like legitimately laugh out loud by myself. Um, it was that good, and I I'm so happy that we're watching. I like I'm just so happy we're watching this. I'm happy people voted in the polls. That 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 I'm just I'm really happy about it. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you're happy about it. Um, doing well myself. Uh, yeah, Doug, I, tell us. I am Marcus's punching bag uh, for mm-hmm. the last episode and this episode until he decides to let me get away with saying something foolish. Um, but knowing him, he's not going to. Uh, so here we are. We're going to talk about this. So this is a bonus episode. We are, so we are going to skip past all of the fluff, all of the catch that quotable and yeah. just Did get y'all hear right. that burp? nope sure didn't oh, uh sure, sure sometimes, sometimes i'll like burp or fart and I, I can't remember if i muted myself or not and then i no. get worried i mean because you'll mute yourself on the screen but you don't mute you like the mic itself yeah so touch get and go it. experience yep. uh so we're just gonna get into it so marcus brian someone want to give us a barbershop summary oh, for this yeah. particular movie oh did brian want to give it <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh, this would be interesting. Brian, let's both do it. All right. Well, I'm happy to tag team it. Kick it off. 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 If you insist, I will. Absolutely. This movie, (laughs) this movie follows the story of a certain character called Ashtray, played by Sean Wayans. 
he leaves uh, his current situation because that that is what happens in this story. And they immediately say that to the viewer. And he said, to which he also tells his mom, why aren't you why aren't you going to come with me? And she says, in these movies, there's no strong female leads. And I immediately knew I was going to like this movie. So he goes he goes to live with his family. We're immediately introduced to Lock Dog, uh, his cousin. He's they're they're living there in I like in the in the streets is what Lock Dog is saying. And I mean I can I can hand it off to you to you from here, Marcus. Okay, I mean, that's you, you set the stage. <laughs> Happy to jump in in other spots, but we got Ashtray and Lock Dog together. They're they're together so, now. So I'm a I'm a I'm a it's, this correction is a light correction, Brian. So it's it's, it's tell fine, me, but please. Loke dog, loke dog, loke dog, loke dog, loke dog, loke dog. So okay. uh, ashtray, Trey, aka Trey, or loke dog. Trey is living with his dad, who's a couple years longer younger than him, um, but who's essentially like a man baby. How they yeah. portray him in this film, but it's about like uh, they follow the life of ashtray, essentially wanting to get about the hood. The the, the base movie that they are parodying. Parodying, yes. parodying, 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 if that even is that they are yeah. doing a parody of what they are. Yeah, what they are doing a parody of seems to be Boys in the Hood, um, yeah. primarily with sprinkles of other black movies um, mm -hmm. uh, sprinkled throughout that have that same kind of theme and narrative. Ashtray is going with Loke Dog around the neighborhood. Um, he uh, Ashtray falls in love with Dashiki, who has seven different kids, a bunch of different kids. Um, he wants to get up out of the hood. As they do this, they travel and learn all about um, essentially it's uh, the more meta um, barbershop yeah. synopsis is that it is a review and analysis and a co and, and, and a comedy punch at the gut of black culture black movies that tell this these themes of black people black culture neighborhoods these movies at the time that were super popular um that depicted um what it was like to live in the hood essentially and so I mean, we go through this entire story of just seeing all of these like obviously extra exaggerated oh yeah story of living in the hood and basically visiting each movie they're parodying, yep. I would say, yeah. or that yeah. they're doing a parody of at, mm -hmm. at, at some point, And then they, they bring it home. They bring it home with Ashtray saying he's going to leave, which is the whole thesis of the movie. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> with with <laughs> there's a there, there's a shootout kind of uh, towards yes. the end of it, too, which is mm -hmm. itself parodying so many movies that we've seen this with. I mean, like and even. I think the thing that this that's the end of the barbershop. I think the thing that also jumped out about this movie to me was like this movie was made in 1996, but it's mm -hmm. still making fun of themes that I've seen in movies mm -hmm. like well after 1996. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, so let's so let's uh, run down some cast. Great job, Brian. Box oh. Absolutely. All you man. man. Well done. Well done. No. Um, so Sean Wayans, Marlon Wayans, Keenan Ivory Wayans, all three are in this in various capacities. Tracy Sherelle Jones plays Dushiki, Chris Spencer plays Preach, Suli McCullough plays Crazy Legs. Um, some other folks, Lamar J. Tate plays Ashtray's father. Uh, Vivica A. Fox plays Ashtray's mother, who's in this for all of like two seconds, um, as Brian uh, alluded to before. Um <laughs> And that's kind of it. Kim Waynes is in this. She plays Mrs. Johnson. <laughs> she does. So that's so yeah. So that's that's just about everybody. So I did want to give you some box office. So this movie made uh it's in 1996 dollars, cost about three three million eight hundred thousand dollars to make. 
the equivalent of that in today's dollars is $7.5 million would be a budget like that today. Um, the gross that it brought in for Canada and U.S. was roughly $20 million, give or take, in Man. 1996 dollars. And that translates to $4 in today's dollars. So Damn. pretty good budget-wise and pretty good overall in terms of um, a comedy for the time. Runtime's about an hour and a half last movie like and so yeah um but that was kind of like to be expected with the comedies of the time so um gentlemen thoughts on don't be a menace man i mean i feel as if i need to i'll give you a little bit of a preface but i kind of want to dig into what y'all thought because this is my black history month movie pick and i kind of want to do this once a month of like my black ass pick of movies oh. to watch I, okay um, all right because i really do want y'all to watch blank man and Oh, man, I was so upset because so here's how it happened. I watched this movie and immediately we talked about it in the other episode of the podcast. If you're listening to this one now, yeah, I talked about it a little bit about like I realized a lot of my sense of humor and the things that I find funny mm. and my niche version of like maybe that what is dark humor. It 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 derives from this like it is rooted in don't be a menace because a mm. lot of the things that I say, you know, the way that I say motherfucker, I, like I didn't realize <laughs> it until I watched this movie and was like, oh, shit, I think that I watched this movie so much growing up that I picked yeah. up a lot of some of the mannerisms and the language and the delivery from this movie specifically. Um, and so it was a good realization for me to realize where my sense of humor comes from. And then it had me appreciate the Wans and their fucking genius mind and the way that they did. Yeah. And went obviously went down a rabbit hole, went from this to blank man, went from blank man to try to find Meteor Man, but you can't find Meteor Man anywhere on really online. you cannot Brian. Oh, man, I'm so frustrated. You cannot find it streaming anywhere. It's not on YouTube. It's wow. not on anything, man. Um, and it really broke huh. my heart because I was like, that is a good movie that I would love for us to watch and review because it's mm. right up our alley. But yes. you cannot find it anywhere and I don't know where it is. But anyway, I end up watching Pootie Tang and a bunch of other things that are like in that same little realm. And right. this movie, what I love about it to kick it off is the fine line that it rides. Yeah. And what I would mm -hmm. love, it, the fine line that it rides between um observational humor maybe is what it's called mm -hmm. and um cr critiquing of a of the black culture specifically from black people and critiquing the culture in such a public it's like in a movie platform medium um it's a major medium that a lot of people if you're not from the culture if you laugh at it i would kind of give you a side eye like if you laugh too hard you know what i mean that was right. kind of what i was thinking while i was watching it. i was like <laughs> If I watch this with my three movie guys, right, Doug, Brian, and then I thought about John Little too. I was like, if I watch them, I trust them wholeheartedly, right? They would never do anything intentionally to hurt me. But even while watching this movie, I would be like, ooh, I wonder what made them laugh that they felt like, should I be laughing at this? Like, it's kind of like one of those movies. So, gentlemen, what were your initial thoughts? What did you laugh at? What? what how did it make you feel? Let's get to it. Brian? I mean, <laughs> man, right off the bat, I think this, I knew, so again, going back to like the opening, <laughs> even the opening, I knew that this was going to ride this line of like, this is serious, but it's funny. Um, when they were like, hey, 
we're not going to make it. I mean, I think it's like the opening shot is them zooming in on the street. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm a black man. And I'm not going to make it past 21. Then they come out with a birthday cake. And like, they're making light of the fact that like, anytime you're seeing these types of movies of, mm-hmm. of like black people in inner city environments, like they're immediately dead, um, yep. Yep. which is like super tropey and, and gives you this image of just like, that's how it always is. And they're doing it. I enjoyed how they contrasted it. They did it in broad daylight with people just walking around on the street. Um, I just thought that was, I, I don't know. I thought that was a really good decision and you can just tell like there is just, it takes a really talented person to not only address like the trauma that, that happens in the black community, but then to turn that into not only joy, but humor uh, that happens in the first like five minutes um of this movie before we even meet marlon wayne's character and i i was like okay like all right like if if you've been able to do this in five minutes what can you do with with the rest of the movie like this is just it, it it's a, i don't know i found that really impressive and that right off the bat i knew this was going to be something special yeah I, so for me i always enjoy these kind of comedies because of their attention to detail yeah um because to me the joke can't be half-assed. No. So, like, the great example is when um, Ashtray goes over to Lock Dog's like house, and the forty stuff is at, like there's oh, of the yeah. the fridge is full of it. There's a water cooler of it that's on the wall. They're giving the baby a bottle that's a forty. Yep. Like that. Ramp that to me, yep. that's the joke. The joke is, oh, that's always that's the only thing they drink. And then they took it to that extreme. Yes. And said, yes, and pushed that envelope. And to me, I love that kind of humor. I thought that was hysterical. I love that kind of that humor where it was it, it, you're pushing it to the extreme to almost the point of ridiculousness to sort of have it there. And so I really enjoyed those moments. I think another moment that I really enjoyed like that was the first time Ashtray walks into his dad's house and there's plastic covering everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the plastic, the one that got me was the plastic covering the plant like mm-hmm. that. I thought that was shit. Was <laughs> I missed that. Fucking That's hilarious. That's and then he goes amazing. into the kitchen and the food's covered in pl- like it's all covered. The, the top stove is covered in plastic. The stove is covered in plastic. Yeah. And so for me, again, <laughs> I like it when you take that sense of like that, that like funny observation, but then yeah. you take it to like the extreme I thought was really, really great. So those are the moments of this movie that I thought were absolutely hysterical. I do think that there are moments where I feel like it is, you know, I Marcus, where you were like, you said like, oh, there are moments where it's like, it's sort of pointing fun at the culture. I also think that there are moments where the Wayne's brothers being smart and being very funny people who they were yeah. tried to take some of the prejudicial comment out of like what others or like non po- folks who weren't from the culture or from um, the black community and maybe observations they had and take it to this like ridiculous moment of it. And the moment that I noticed was the dance. So they're all at the they're all at the barbecue and there are people who are dancing oh. and you take the dancing to the extreme. And mm-hmm. I to me, I was like, oh, well, that's someone who doesn't understand the culture or who's not from there would say, well, it just looks like all you're doing is, is fucking on the dance floor. And so they pan and that's eventually what it gets to. And mm-hmm. you get there and you're like, that's not what the previous six people were doing at all. But you're so sort of shocked and taken off that you're still laughing at the ridiculousness 
of that observation in that presence. So like for me, that level of comedy with it is just hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, that's very much my shit. Okay, okay. And that was, I didn't know if somebody else. No, I feel like, yeah, that's it, it, the way that you explained it is really good. It's like, you, you have to, I, you know, I don't know what the thought process is. I would love to ask them what, you know, I'm sure they've done it in interviews or said it in interviews or mm-hmm. something like that. But, you know, when you put this movie out and you know that all audiences are going to watch this, even the right. way that they break down um, the brother who, um, he was he converted to Islam and only he only loved preach, yeah, preach, <laughs> preach, yeah, preach. My, my, uh, what so he called her? my, um, he what he called the white, he called the white lady something, my milk of my queen of milk of magnesia, my, my milk of magnesia. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like you know, those type of evaluations, it can be so dangerous if the wrong person doesn't have any media literacy. And that, that, that phrase comes up a lot in our mm-hmm. conversations because yes. you have to be of a certain intelligence to understand the joke. Yeah. Well, even, yeah. even critical thinking, message. right? Right. Right. I, like, cause even I, so I've had the privilege to be around those conversations with people of color. And so like, I got the joke with preach of the idea of this person, right. Of being like, this is what we got to do for liberation anyway i only want to be with white women and like mm-hmm. not questioning that prop like why Which that's is problematic real uh-huh. and i have heard and that arguably experience. the uglier of the two women <laughs> that's the thing that i noticed i said right away i was like oh my god this is so much worse Here's the <laughs> thing. i can't get into i feel like I can't there's not enough time for appropriately getting into the layers that are in the way that the woman that they picked who he picked yes because that is also yes. part of the running joke yes in black culture I I appreciated so here's the thing like when I just love that they were the ones in power to make this film because mm-hmm. they did exactly the same I shouldn't say exactly but they did a very similar thing that a lot of white filmmakers do. And they'll like tokenize that one person of color for one scene. And that's exactly what they did with this white woman. She didn't even have any speaking lines. No, when Preach was word. checking her out when they were doing this whole, like, will they, won't they? And then he leaves with her and she has a banjo. She has a flipping banjo at a cookout yeah. and goes to the trailer. And I just laughed because I was like, this is exactly what white filmmakers do. And they totally flipped it. And this is hilarious because it is absurd. And, yeah. you know, you know, you got to think about the pieces, the time, that the time period of which this is made. You've seen the yeah. Waynes have seen several movies that kind of tell this same similar sad right. story movie and their their sole purpose is to pick at it just like they do with for those that need another reference of a Wayne's movie scary movie. Now I'm not talking about scary oh, movies yeah. like 3, Damn. 4, 5, 6 and like all those parodies or that they stole from the Wayans or epic movie. I'm talking about the original two. I'll just go with the first two because those first were two. Yeah. Scary movie one and two, which I watched both after I watched both this week or today, actually. And those movies did so well at being so meta at the way that it picked at horror movies, yeah, and all of its layers of like this is how they treat the good looking white women at the beginning of Drew Barrymore, this is how they treat the black, the black um actors and actresses in these movies and here's how they so they break it down layer by layer, and there's a little bit of everything for everybody in it. They do the same thing here. I just mm-hmm. don't know how they pitch and sold it. Now, 
their history is of doing this on a regular with in living color at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not sure what other movies, I'm not sure when I'm going to get you sucker came out, but they have a, this was their uh-huh. thing. People knew that. So I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, could this movie, could you do this nowadays? And I don't think, I think somebody would be willing to, I think somebody would have the guts to like a Marlon Wayans or, cause they kind of still do it with uh, his haunted house series. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you could do something like I, this racy today. I, I feel like, man, I, I feel, I, I don't know how to say, I don't know how to say this. I'm going to, I'm going to stumble through it a little bit. I do feel like, Chappelle and Keenan Peel have inhabited yeah. this area, and I do yeah. feel like the way it it like the curve of this was honestly watching this movie, it really feels like the weigh-ins. I, I mean, they nailed it. They nailed it on their first go, mm-hmm. and with that success, we've been able to have these other types of Agreed. shows, and it's. Honestly, I go back and forth if this movie could get made today. And I do feel like if it did get made, if it was made today, it would have a key and peel slant and would have to be like a little cerebral or it would have to be more obvious that it's a parody. Like, because there's just so much stuff that happens in this movie that if you don't know Menace to Society or if you don't know Boys in the Hood or if you like, if you don't know those movies, I don't know how this movie lands for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess that's I, that's I guess where I'm at, which kind of answers your question and kind of not. <laughs> no, 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 I think it's I, I, yeah, I don't, that was yeah, good. I'm gonna get you. Sucker came out in 1990, 1988. 88. Oh, okay. So they had almost kind of done this before. Yeah, and they yeah, nailed it without years before. Major Pain came out, which is oh yeah, Wayne's kind of style movie. It's not a Wayne's Brothers movies, but it's got Damon Wayne's in it. Um, that was ninety five, huh? Okay, okay, okay. So that makes a lot of sense that their style was already out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not big on timelines and stuff like that. So my black people listening, please You're... don't don't throw me in the trash. <laughs> um, I'm just not good with remembering when things came out. I can give you a roundabout, like you know what I mean, but. I mean, it was almost, I mean, in two years, it will have been 30 years ago. Like, <laughs> not not to bring the whole room down. But. In Living Color, in Living Color, could uh, could you look up when in, in Living Color premiered and ended, when the last season of In Living Color was? Because I, I would also be interested in that. Here's Here was one of my favorite moments from the movie that I found myself laughing at. Now, medicinally, I was high. Okay, let's just go ahead and say that when I watched this. And I laughed my ass off I get at that. this movie so hard and the scene that made me laugh the most is probably one of the more fucked up scenes i guess if i think about it like dialogue wise (laughs) but it was with bernie mac may he rest in peace he pulls them he he pull he they pull he pulls them over he makes them do like the little simon the cops make them do the little simon said bernie Mac. oh yeah Makes them do the little Simon Says thing. Put your hand on your nose while touching your belly button, all that other stuff. Then he pulls them over and he says, I hate black people. They stink. Yep. <laughs> he says, I hate, I hate your black pants. I hate your black skin. I hate, I hate black pepper. I hate Whoopi Goldberg's lips. I hate the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck. And most of all, I hate that black ass motherfucker Wesley Snipes. I rewatched that scene five 
times and cried my <laughs> ass off because that is exactly how those that's exactly how cops interact and then you add another layer that's right. exactly how black cops interact and then you add another layer that's how things are depicted all of the time but unless you understand the humor in it i feel like it's it could go over your head I, you know what i mean i mean you, I, it's easy to laugh at but do you understand what you're laughing at was the thing I was trying to balance the yes. entire thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I'll be mm-hmm. honest, like when the cops pulled up at, I can't remember where they were at. They were in a parking lot or something. I was like, mm, I, I think they okay. left the, I think they left that, uh, the, one of the more problematic scenes, the, the gas station with the man, they had the man inside it and the ladies were saying, hurry up and buy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That one. Yeah. yeah. That's one of my favorite sequences. That was it one was of my favorite sequences. Entire movie. Too. Yeah. I mean, oh crazy. my gosh, I'll go back to that. No, because that that entire sequence, <laughs> I, it, they're weaving so many like just uh, like these these stereotypes people have, but mm-hmm. then like it, it feels like a nobody is safe type situation, <laughs> and I I absolutely love it. Um, because it's I also have, real. Well, I want to I, I want to add that too. Yeah, Sorry, I, I mean. Yeah. No, I, I want to say like I, I respect those experiences that have been shared with me about how people enter mm-hmm. gas stations and they are just they're they're hovered over essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to not only do this that type of commentary, but then add on the fact that there's this white guy running around mm-hmm. stealing, taking stuff, everything in between, and then on top of it. So, like, that's bad enough, right? Like, hey, this white guy's literally doing all this stuff and getting away with it. The guy's even giving him money out of the cash register. Like, this is absurd and awful. But then they, like, ratchet it up to the conspiracy level theory, and he takes out... I actually took a screenshot of it, and I don't know where I saved it. But, like, he has a whole list of people he's trying to knock off, and and Luke is on there. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's this idea of like, there is a conspiracy, but is there the man? It feels like there is. It is the man. And it keeps coming back. Like it comes anytime, anytime somebody, anytime like a, anytime that there was like a white man perpetrating the violence, he gets out a notebook and crosses off a name. Like I noticed it when that's funny. Omar Epps. We can talk about it. We could talk about Omar Omar Epps. Epps. We oh, made it, man. We did, did it. it. We did Full it. Full circle moments. We did it, y'all. The F to go to fanning. Um, he, <laughs> he, when he gets, he says, I'm going to go to college. He takes one, gets shot, and the guy takes yep. out a notebook, crosses his names off, and puts yeah. it back in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, like, this is this idea that, like, the white man is just trying to keep me down no matter what <laughs> I do. And it's, and it, and it's good because of like the layers of this. Once again, it's yes. so good because yes. the yes. people that they specifically cast, Omar Epps is in his prime in this time of mm-hmm. being in Juice Didn't... and being in like uh, I'm pretty sure Juice was out at this point, but he was like he's in several. Character, doesn't he? Uh, like, did I miss that? But like when I saw Omar Epps, I was like, this is the character he played. Was his name Malik? It was either so. Higher Power or, or... Right. Higher power um, or juice? One of Ju- the juice, was, was juice was 1992. Okay. What what was high power? Higher, higher power. learning was 1995. Higher learning. Higher learning. Oh, so right the year before this movie came out. Yeah, I swear. Like I was like, yeah. that's ins- that like that's wild. You played the same character in, in the parody movie. Just yeah. unreal. I love it. Which is like that's where you get that there's the, always going to be a Malik in the film that's going to make it out of the hood, that's going to go to the college campus and 
you know, I, that's just the thing that I love about this movie. The people that they have strategically played, like Vivica A. Fox playing the positive yes. female role model. Yes. During that time period, Vivica A. Fox is exactly in the role that she would play in a movie like that. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, just that's a great makes point. Sense. Uh, but I okay, so yeah, so that was one of the things I really loved. I loved the grandmother being the OG and the way that, that they great. depicted the grandmother throughout the film. Like yes. I, it got really dark when she decapitated one of the dudes and put his head in the purse. And I was oh, like, that, that was the only reference I didn't get. I didn't know what that was from, or if they just played that for laughs, like just to like ratchet up how extreme. It was. Uh, I can't tell you. Maybe it's in the one with the, I forgot with the black and white makeup that they, yeah. they always refer to that movie. I forgot what it is though. Okay. Um, that was the only but, reference I didn't get. Yeah, yeah, that could have been because that's what her makeup was. There is a movie that has them in white paint with black, uh, white and black face paint, and they go to rob a bank. And I just uh, cannot remember what on. the okay. name of that movie is. I might know that movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, by the way, Omar Epps plays Malik in both movies. Does he? His name is Malik in both movies? Mm-hmm. Perfect. I mean, the Wayans are just intelligent, dude. Wow. Smart, Marcus. The Marcus. The movie you're thinking of is Dead Presidents. Yep, Dead Presidents. That's, that's I'm the out movie. For presidents okay. to represent me. Okay. Yeah, dead I'm Presidents. Dead fucking Presidents to represent me. Listen to the cat. Listen to the cast of Dead Presidents. Uh, Chris Tucker, Keith David, Terrence Howard. That's uh, Mike, Michael Imperioli. Um, Jesus, that was an incredible it's a, cast. It's a, it's a Rose cast. Rose Jackson. Jesus, this was okay. Listen, the movies, the movies that they are referencing are top tier big hitter movies, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that this is a parody to knock these movies. It almost pays homage to them, but it does knock Mm -hmm. the way that we tell these stories. I think for me, Um, the 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 way that they depict the same characters throughout. I think it challenged. It tried to challenge Hollywood, and this could be me thinking too deep, but it challenged Hollywood to stop writing stories the same way. You know what I mean? Well, and I think, I think it would, I think what it did is I think to your point, it's, it's satire. So it's, it's a way of saying like, Hey, isn't it a little ridiculous that anytime that there's a strong black lead, it's always about them overcoming adversity and pulling themselves out of their environment. Like it's, or or doing something and doing something illegal to do so. Like, isn't that a little ridiculous? And so then when you start, you're right, that that's right. And so I think when you, that's the point, that's the point and purpose of humor in this setting is to sort of shine a light on it and to sort of say, this is kind of a this is kind of silly right like look at how silly when you play these out that's the reason why i like comedy in general but even like in specifically in these use cases because like it's when you play some of this out and you take it to the next step and you take it to the point of ridiculous how silly it is jesus like you can't help but laugh at yourself at some point where you're like this is something like marcus a few episodes ago you said i think it's so funny that people like how stupid racism is mm-hmm. like that's that's satire of a different that's a sad mm-hmm. like that there is yeah. somebody who is actively out there being like i don't like somebody because the color of their skin like it's mm-hmm. so stupid it's funny almost it's not mm-hmm. but it's you see what i'm saying like no uh, it's, yeah. that, it's that level of like you should laugh you know, at an idiot you should laugh at it's an idiot. so stupid it's funny like and mm-hmm. when you think about some of these themes you know like the thing that fucked me up that i thought was hilarious 
the scene with Vivica A. Fox in the car and the leaves are falling. The I, I looked at yeah. Brittany. I was like, they're in fucking California. Brittany watched it Brittany watched it too. <laughs> and so there were, what I wanted to say, cause you all were having a great discussion. So I didn't want to interrupt, but like, I think one thing that Brittany and I definitely had throughout a lot of this movie was we kind of like looked at each other. Like, and there were moments where we were like, where I was laughing and then I was looking at her and she was like, like <laughs> because you're not sure if you're supposed to and, yeah. and moments moments like the part where they are the cops pull them over i think it's mm -hmm. hilarious britney's over there like i don't yep. know i was britney i was yep. Brittany. Or, or or the or the part where um like the the part with the the woman who has to uh dashiki who has so many kids like and she laughed a different race and they're all a different lace and when she says what do we say to the man are you my daddy like yeah. that part <laughs> thought that shit was hilarious got definitely a like a yeah like i don't yeah. know like and so it's kind of those <laughs> moments that i thought were we had this good give and take but there were definitely moments where we looked at each other and we were like should we be laughing at this? Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I was a little uh, high as well. So I also thought excellent. there were moments of this mm -hmm. that were hysterical. Excellent. So. Excellent. 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 <laughs> excellent. I watched this stone sober. Which I had I some very weird dreams me. that evening. Uh, I mean, the, the, I, I do want to go back to the dashiki stuff because I do feel like it, it is one it of these things. It's one of these things that like, I do feel like in the media it gets blown out of proportion, but like at the same time, when you look at the movies they're parody, par like that they're doing a parody of, mm -hmm. I, it's happening. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm uh, sure. like that is it is. It's just always it is. It's the same situation. So it like I, what it goes back to what you said, Doug. If you're gonna do this parody movie, you have to lean all the way into it, and you cover can't have everything you can't in have plastic. Acid. So mm -hmm. yeah, you're gonna have Dashiki have a ton of kids and make these jokes because it is absurd because that's not that's not everybody's situation and it's 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 silly to think that it is and some people here's the part here here's the push and pull right some people aren't gonna use that critical thinking to go to the next mm -hmm. step and be like mm -hmm. this seems weird how does mm -hmm. that work and some people will just take it at face value which is like yep. that's the push and pull right because you want to laugh because you understand it but like. There are people laughing at it that may not even make that and connection. That's, and that's, that's a, their actual depiction of black. You know, sorry, right. go ahead, dude. Yeah. What I was going to say is like, and Marcus, you and I are probably of the same mind because I think I see where you're going. The, that sword cuts both ways. Mm -hmm. Right. It is a great joke to be like, how ridiculous is this? Because Brian, you're right. She has one to two kids. It's too close mm -hmm. to reality for it mm -hmm. to be a joke, and it's right. not as funny. She mm -hmm. has nine different kids that are all of different laces, and you do it that. Are you? Are you my? It's so unrealistic that it's it's there. I think that sword cuts one way, where it's it's making a, a highlight of the way those depictions come off in other movies. Right. Sword cuts the other way if you if you if someone who has that prejudice right. watches a movie like this. They're going to go, oh, yeah, that's totally like real life. Like that's right. it's a those jokes in there are huge risk reward moments for them, because once they put this movie out into a theater, they don't know who's watching. It's, yeah. So this joke a is a is a cut is a hard. There are some risks here that they had to just trust their audience and say, you have to see that this is silly. There is a there is a link. In a comparison in my mind that if I'm if I was smart enough, I could make 
some I think I could make some type of connection to how this movie could be depicted and how it, it cuts both ways and the language that people use of black on black crime and oh. white on black and you know what I mean like of mm-hmm. of oh well if you if black lives matter shouldn't y'all stop killing yourselves this movie says well y'all clearly see how you are right. depicted and this is your people so which right. means you know what the problem is why don't you go fix it? Well, we're just evaluating and observing this this form of media that you put out, but it's but because they aren't receiving it in the way that they're meant to receive it. They're just taking it as, oh yeah, that's exactly how I view you. Ooh, yeah. Y'all should fix your own shit. It's not that is not meant for me to fix anything, I guess. Ooh, pick me. So here's no, this you is back. <laughs> I, I saw I saw this really there's this this moment resonates for me. Because and Brian, you'll love this because it's 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 very um, the militarization of the police type of observation hit me. There is always this statement when we fund the police with shit they don't need, like a tank for some reason. Yeah. Well, they have to have that because Mm -hmm. the people on the streets are carrying more and more powerful weapons. And then you look at Marcus, your moment for that comment is where. The standoff between Lockdog mm-hmm. and the oh. car. Mm-hmm. Gun, yeah. gun, bazooka, mm-hmm. missile. And it mm-hmm. gets so serious because one of the dudes of the car just says, that's a USSR. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a hilarious moment. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like, if you take that to that moment and you take it from a different, different lens, someone with the wrong mindset is going to go, well, and this is why our cops need high-powered assault rifles. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and, but that is just the if you don't understand, it's very it, easy. Yeah, it's very low hanging fruit. That mm-hmm. if you I, once again, I watch scary movie, and there's a lot of things in scary movie that if you were just to take it at face value, they, mm-hmm. they would say like, yeah, all horror movies do that. That's exactly how it is. That's the end of it. But there's mm-hmm. so many layers to this. Of yes, once again, it this movie rides the line of critiquing. It's yes. black people pulling out these things and pulling things from the culture and pulling things that we um, retail and pass along to generations and generations. And we tell these stories and the way that we depict ourselves. Um, And it's, it's such a balance to do it in a funny way with people that are funny, but also see the realness of when Keenan is popping in the, in the, into at certain points. And he's saying message Message. after ashtray says something that is, absolutely profound and is the message of the movies that they parody yes. he says message and Great that is point. like so in your face right unless point. you are paying attention you don't that could also seem funny but it is still saying the messages that should be said and delivered at the same time no well, that's and you go, go ahead, ahead no, Brian. You... I, no, I just that's such a great point and a great observation to bring up as we're talking about all of this because it I, I would love to sit down with both of them and, feel, and just talk with like, did you feel you needed to put some type of like guardrail in this movie? Because you knew mm-hmm. that like, if, if it gets to the hands of folks who it's not for, like this movie is not for everyone Mm-mm. and not everyone will get it. But I, it does feel like this guardrail of like, someone's going to see something and they're not going to get it. So we're, we need to find a way to weave in, something that makes it very clear to the audience of like, no, this is good or this is bad, or this is the message. Um, I, I, I'd be so curious what their philosophy was with that, because for me, it worked as a joke because I assumed 
the joke was and again it's totally layered like i assumed mm-hmm. the joke was like hey here i can't remember which one but i was like oh this is essentially like like that boys in the hood the message and it was just like hey this is it and i'm like are you are you making fun of it because that was the message of the one movie or are you making fun of it because like you genuinely you're genuinely yeah. trying to talk about how difficult this life mm-hmm. is and the barriers that are there um yeah. and it works both ways and i think that's really smart and that's smart comedy though too like that's 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 something that's you know, like I've I've said this before, but my favorite quote quote is Homo- comedy is a rubber sword. It makes a point without drawing blood. At, I don't know who's credited as saying that, but it is it is such a good way to take moments of this particular movie. Yeah. And I was I mean, the, the intelligence of the the way in which that this was written and structured is so deep and broad and just well done, because even even um, he the the. Keenan Wayne's is play his characters call his mailman and the job yeah. of a mailman is to deliver messages. Yep. So then when he comes into the screen and he says message, he's not, he's not just saying, Oh, right. this is a moment that you need to pay attention to whether I'm making fun of it or I'm generally trying to have it. It's literally his character's job. So like it's they wrote that on three <laughs> different yeah. levels. And that yeah. is such a, it's such good writing and just such it smart is. joke telling. I feel like, man, that's a, I, I never viewed it from that point one. The, the one about the rubber sword, here's the thing about this movie, if the, the reality of it, I think. I think that this one isn't so, this one isn't written, is, comedy isn't like a rubber sword with this one. I think you have to draw blood to get your point across. And you're drawing blood from multiple audiences, I think, to me and how I, I perceive it. That's right. You, you need something so in your face that it's undeniably, like we've been saying, it's so undeniably taken to other levels, the most extreme levels, because we live in, I think we still live in this world right now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And part of the reason I think you could recreate this movie, the messages wouldn't be the same. I think the message and the thing that they would pick apart would be completely different for this generation and this time period right now, right? Yeah. It's taken to such, like... Uh, extremes because I think we have to go to extremes to understand it. I think we're like that right now. Everything got so oversaturated. The only way to understand how dangerous some shit was, was to elect a motherfucker and to prove how dangerous shit could be. You see what I'm saying? No, like that, nobody believed it until it like everybody was just at a point like, no, that doesn't happen or no, that couldn't happen or this I mean, shouldn't happen. It doesn't I make mean, any sense. And not just the election in several other ways of like, no, a lockdown wouldn't happen. The most extreme shit that would happen would be us like being locked in our houses for like a few months or whatever the case may be. I do feel like I, I, I hear what you're saying because I feel like post 2016 a lot of like this is and this is from a lot of comedians i'm not gonna like track down every source but there is this vibe that comedy comedy changed and a lot of people didn't know how to move with it and i think the best case example is south park Mm -hmm. um their entire season got flubbed because they thought that that 45 wouldn't win and they didn't know how to do it they didn't know how they didn't know how to handle it and they chunked it. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing or that they should be blamed for it. I don't think anybody was ready for it. And they, unfortunately, they were the first ones to figure it out. And I say that because I feel like it, it, we're, we're far removed from it, but comedy has changed and 
it it this movie when going back to the conversation of how this movie if it's made today like <laughs> you're writing this razor thin it's it's a thinner razor line than it was in 1996 very thin <laughs> like it is it is like almost not even there and so like i don't know i don't know how you and also with movies that have come out that have centered like black folks too i feel like there are critiques to be had as well um and i just how you how you write that to appeal to general audiences because also they we don't we don't release and make movies like we used to right and we talked about this in a little bit in the group chat if the weigh-ins came to a studio and was like this is the movie we want to make they're like how do we franchise it how do we get a sequel how do we tie it mm -hmm. into the video game or how do we get Fortnite characters out of it right like and that's not what this movie is it's it is totally critical commentary and there's less space for it in our current in our current environment i do want to point out like so i guess i guess uh the wayans or at least marlon wayans made a parody of of 50 shades of gray and he made 50 yeah, shades of did. black he did but that's like the last and I bring this up because, like, that's the last parody I see. That no, Haunted House. Part of. Haunted House. Haunted oh, House. Haunted House 2 came out in 2014. Fifty Shades of Black came out in 2016. Also, I think it's worth saying, like, obviously, like, they don't have to keep making parodies. It's just very clear they're very good at it and they're very smart. That's all. Well, I, I, think, I think that this movie would have a hard time now in addition to some of the things that brian outlined but i think the difficulty is it would almost be our own fault as to why it is so it couldn't be made and i say that because like yeah what does that marcus mean? you made you made a fantastic point of like you need to be extreme in order to get your point across and the political landscape that we are in we are extreme it's, you are either you are either hard right or hard left, and the folks in the middle, there are a lot of them, but it is it is harder to get to that population because you need to appeal to one of those two sides, and I think that that's where this you would almost have to be so extreme with your sense of humor that you would lose folks in the process. Mm -hmm. It would be we've so, seen the extremes, it, right? It would be so difficult. It would be so difficult to do this and keep everything balanced. And I'm not saying like they are fantastic writers. I'm sure that they could come up with a way to make it work because they are much smarter than I am. I, if I were a studio, that's also why I would be nervous is we oh, need this to be yeah. commercially successful. Right. Oof. This is really like, this is, we either, you either need to be like straight down the middle Yep. Or you need to be appealing to one of those two sides and you are trying to appeal to everybody well, and that's only going to make other folks mad. Like, it's just, I mean, look and, at Borat 2. Uh, oof. He, oof, never mind. And I'm not well, trying to say those are on the same play, those are no, no, no. on the same playing field, but no, they are think, both satire. I think it, com extent. it complements the Wayans delivery. And I think that that's the difference between a yeah, Borat too. I agree. And, I and agree. The, and this is they could do it because they understand how to um, put the medicine in the sugar. I guess is the it put the medicine yeah. in the 
sugar. You know what I mean? Like a teaspoon of sugar. So like, (laughs) I think that the one thing I have to commend the Wayans on, and I do have a question for y'all, is the, their delivery style. I think that's mm-hmm. the only way that you, mm-hmm. it's like, I know oof, this, I know everybody's not a fan and he has said some, he says problematic things and, and I do understand it, but this is my example. A lot of Dave Chappelle is mm. the way that he tells his joke is in a roundabout way that connects from the beginning joke to the yeah. end where mm-hmm. it calls back to itself at the end of it. It's and not so a series like, of bits. It's, it's one not a series giant of story. Right. And yeah. I don't know if people have the patience to wait. You're right. The key mm-hmm. and peel skits, SNL skits, things mm-hmm. that exist like that in that variety, they happen in such easy, consumable content now of like, it's a Saturday Night Live and then this is this thing and we maybe got an hour to watch this. But yeah. to release it in a theater at this level, to critique things at this level that critiques the studio, the watcher, mm-hmm. the consumer, Mm-hmm. The, the layers and all of the intersectionalities of each producer, the consumer. I mean, there's so I mean, many. It's a web of things that they cover. Yeah. It, it well, and I also feel like social media didn't exist in 1996. Right. And you Great better point. believe that if they released a trailer for Don't Be a Menace, people would be screenshotting that out of context, sharing it immediately. It would be all over like the tough. community, old the people, of Facebook groups. Oh, the amount, oh my gosh, it would be nauseating the having the New York Times be like, the Wayans made a parody movie. Mm-hmm. Audiences will decide if that's right. Like it'd be all that type of BS. And, mm-hmm. and it's not, I just keep going back to this thing of like, maybe it's not for you. And like, mm-hmm. shut up. Like maybe it's for people that, keep seeing these black centered movies and they're not positive portrayals and somebody needs to take them to task. That's who this movie is for. And it's not for everyone else. I don't know. I do. Have to, I do have to wonder. I do have to wonder the other part of my brain. And this is obviously with no research as to what the Wayans have said in past interviews or anything. Another part of my brain knows that the Wayans are so fucking intelligent that yeah, I are. have to think for a brief second. What if there was no message? What if it is just a critique and the critique is the comedy and you take it for what, and like, obviously with all of this past context, you take whatever it is you need out of it. So for some that hit the theaters, it's just a joke. And that's the only way that you're supposed to take it. Cause that's the only way that you received it. For some of us, it is a commentary yeah. on the culture of black people and how toxic and it is and how the way that these stories are told. And that's what we took from it from others that aren't in the culture it is something that is to be like, oh man, I used to think like that, or that is exactly what I think. And maybe I can see how this is kind of fucked up that I think like that. Or it's so fucking relatable, even at its most extreme, that oh, they understand exactly what it's like to be in the hood. I think that all of these yeah. things could be true. I agree I, with that. I mean, that's I mean, the what you just described though, I think is scary movie. Like yes. I think that I think. I think what you just described is scary movie was that where it was like you can dig into the like the really nuanced portions of this if you're paying attention and you can put all those fibers together and and have something at the end. And so I think that that's they got better at appealing to massive audiences as they continued to do it over time. Um, and just to kind of follow up night, April, 1990 was the first episode of in living color. May, 1994 was the last. So if you think about the breadth of time, they've been doing, they were doing comedy for, 
1988 to 1996. So like almost nine years, eight, nine years I mean, at this point in time before they really got yeah. to this movie. So they had a chance to practice a lot of this. It built that audience up to, to understand this, their humor. And yeah. this movie kind of does get into sketch, like comedy zone, but Close. it works. Yes. But it, that's the thing though, is that it works. Like it works to tell a story and I see why they did it. Like they're good at it. So mm -hmm. like, why would you not use that as a strength and you get essentially like a 90 minute sketch, com almost a 90 minute focused sketch comedy, which works though, because you see how it kind of falls apart sometimes. And some of the other parody movies, it's just kind of like, I, this is, this is like, we're done. The joke's dead. And the, this format they did of kind of like doing sketch comedy in the second act just kept it fresh and it kept it moving because I found myself being like, oh, what are they going to do next? You well, know, and I think we're par parody movies like this where it is like 90 minutes of sketch work really well because they do it really well because they tell not only each individual 10 minute sketch, but right. eating up that extra time telling the story of the person you're following as essentially they go sketch to sketch. To sketch right? Yeah. And so exactly where, where things like the more modern, like, like movies after scary movie three really start to drop off is they throw the protagonist out and they're meaningless. It's just a series of random. Yeah. Effect. And yeah, the same characters in some of them, but they really don't have any real character development. And this type, these types of movies do like, there's a lot of, like flushing some of that stuff out um, overall, which I think works really, really well. So here's my question for you both. At any point in these films or multiple points in this film, where did, was there any moments that were like, that stood out to you in a way of like, Ooh, I didn't realize that that was a thing or, Oh, this is funny, but should I laugh at this? Or, Oh, this is just really funny. And I just didn't know that like those kind of moments you know, was there anyone that you were like more hesitant or, you know, were you comfortable and understood what this movie was and just kind of dove into it? Like either any answer is OK, because I like I know the both of y'all, but I just kind of want to see where y'all heads are at while you like turn this movie on. I got nervous and kind of started like, should I laugh at this when they're at the cookout? And they're playing cards and he keeps acting like he's, he got out of prison, but he keeps acting like he's still in prison yep. and he tries yep. to buy in with mm -hmm. two cartons of cigarettes. Still funny. The mm -hmm. minute that this turned a corner was the like sex with another man stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, should I be like, this is like, maybe I watched too many episodes of Oz, the HBO <laughs> show, not the, not the wizard of Oz. Yes, maybe yes. I watched too much Oz to be like, none of this is funny or consensual. So like, should I like, is this supposed yep. to be funny? Like, like that's the moment for me where that, and where I was like, I, I don't, I don't know. I get it. But hmm. also should I be laughing? That's interesting. I don't, that's where I kind of that's like it. gotten. Ladies nervous. and gentlemen, that is institutionalized. That's very real. That is not the deal. It's just so everybody knows what that joke is surrounding, and it's being it's surrounding being institutionalized and knowing right. nothing but that system and that lifestyle, and you can't get out of it because you've been so mm -hmm. in and out all the time. Mm -hmm. Just right. for those paying attention, right? And the moments that I thought were that worked really well for me <laughs> was the like was the moments where 
<laughs> where he needed to cut his chicken and so his friend handed him a shiv and he's like shiving his chicken like that right that was very mm-hmm. funny i got that mm-hmm. but the minute that we start talking about you know those you ever seen the suds run down the crack of a man ass that, oh, yeah. like right when we got there i was like <laughs> yep. Yep. should i be laughing like i, I don't know it was the same spot for me really like, what was it about it was that moment i think i don't know if I can't describe it fully, but like, obviously, so they do the setup, right? Here's this guy. He he feels like he can't live, he can't leave prison. I was like, oh, but like, is a thing. That's a real thing. And he's like, ah, I'm, I'm buying him with, you know, two cigs. I'm like, okay. I understand the joke they're making. And then they like kept going with the shiv. And I was like, okay, like, this is funny, but this is like leak. Like, cause it is like, it is real and then and then when they made the reference to like to to romancing people while you ever seen the sales run down the crack of a man ass yeah i was like i understand the joke but i don't i don't feel i don't feel comfortable laughing at it even though i understand what the joke is and like I I respect like I respect the weigh-ins and how they're writing it, and I also know it's a parody of like what other movies they're parodying. That one, it was just like, oh man, like it's just that's just that's a rough joke. It's a rough wow. joke. I acknowledge it, and it's just it's a rough joke to me. Like, okay, you you went there, it's fine, and then like I just I just moved on. Um, yeah, that was that I mean that was probably the only part of the movie where I felt like that. Yep. That is so interesting to me. And why, I don't know why that, to me, and jail is, I mean, there's nothing funny about that. And the inst- there's nothing funny about being institutionalized and only understanding that lifestyle. Sure. Make that clear. But that's interesting that that is the scene that, I guess maybe that is the first darkest scene there mm-hmm. is between yeah. Ice Tray coming to the hood and then they go to this party because he goes and gets Loke Dog. He meets his dad, goes and get Loke Dog. Then they go to this party. They make a lot of references at the party. Like, I'm going to pour something out for the homies. He's pouring something out for the homies that are right next door. Um, yep. Their bodies are, like, right over the fence. Yep. Talking about Dashiki sleeping with everybody. Um, they talk about having sex on the dance floor. So their milk of magnesia. Like, all of that stuff is happening at this party. Yeah. I think that that's very interesting. That I guess it does make sense now in my head as I'm talking out loud. That is the first scene that addresses something that's maybe significantly dark and heavier i mean is that right i mean i feel like i do feel like they're addressing some pretty like some serious things like i feel like with the opening of the movie but they make it i don't know i don't know what it is um i feel like my my critical sense is failing me i maybe it was because of the severity of it maybe it's because it's like the allusion to sexual assault i don't know like because they don't define it they don't define it as assault but we do know like we know more now he he said they made love to us he said you ever made exactly and you're just kind of like ah maybe i I, okay like yeah i don't know i i wish i had better words for it and i think maybe it was i don't know maybe it was just the subject matter that just hit me different i think maybe that's That's it yeah I'll push back on the like, that's the first time that that was a heavy topic because right out of the gate, Brittany and I kind of had this like, 
like oh my gosh like when she's crying over the dead over yeah her, her perceived oh. dead son being shot yeah and she's like that it's that's not your baby and she goes oh well then fuck this <laughs> like like walks yeah. off immediately like that's that's pretty heavy especially the life and times we are in um mm-hmm. like and with everything so like i think that's very that's very heavy. I, I'm trying to think about like why this made me so uneasy. I think it's because that's a part of the the intersectionality that I don't know anything about. Hmm. Like I I don't know and I only know it from oh god. I only know it from listening to DMX where he always in his lyrics puts someone down for like homosexual behavior. Like uh, yes. like yeah. like you know like all like the mm-hmm. big ones like party up in here like they're all like that like I, I only and I remember it because there was a song that came on at the gym that was DMX and I was like god damn DMX at 5am like it was just it was a lot and so for me because I don't understand hmm. how that intersects there like for me it's like I you're making a joke and somebody would think that that was really really funny if they got it I don't have the knowledge in the back of my head to get it. Plus then you add in the like non-consensual nature of it all. And that Brian sort of alluded to, and that's where I started to get like uneasy about it. Got it. I think, okay. I I think I understand because the Wayans, there's something similar in scary movie with the character, Ray. Mm -hmm. That's right. There is. Put my football pants on. Yeah. With the football pad, the way that they depict Ray's character and his sexuality, I think there's a common thread there when it comes to being black and gay Mm -hmm. or a part of a part of the spectrum of being in the LGBTQIA community. And that representation is probably, it's made the butt of the joke, but not properly it's not maybe given a full circle moment to be able to be like the, here's mm-hmm. why that's fucked up. Right. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Thank you. Very interesting. Yeah, um, was, any other, any good. other, yeah. I mean, I, anything else before we kind of wrap up any other, anything that just jumped out to you stood out the most, any, any people that popped up or whatever. Anything you didn't understand that maybe this, you need more context on? So this movie made me understand the joke about the age difference between Ashtray and his dad. Because I was like, I understand the joke that Ashtray's dad is impossibly younger than him. And I'm like, why? Like, why is that? Like, why are we making that joke? And so I just I just started researching because I went back to the synopsis and I was like, OK, like what movies are we making fun of here? And then I, th- I can't remember what movie I got to. One of the movies, though, with Cuba Gooding Jr., I think. And uh, uh, Boys in the Hood, maybe. Man, Boys in right, the it's Hood. Boys in the Hood, right? Boys and we were only seven years apart. Playing baby's father baby. and son. And I, mm-hmm. I learned. I learned mm-hmm. that. I didn't know was, that. The, the dad in, uh, the dad in uh, Boys in the Hood is uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, mm-hmm. and they're only seven years apart. So I'm like, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I... I also thought that's what I thought was so funny about the moment where he sleeps with Tashiki and then like the next day I'm pregnant. <laughs> the, the next moment. The next moment. And so I thought funny. that was fucking hilarious because top three all of the that. movies that they're making fun of 
there's no concept of time. Like we don't no. know how much time has gone by. Mm-hmm. They know right away. Like it's just that joke was just on another level. And I yep. kept, it was, yep. that yep. was, that was very mm-hmm. funny. Yep. I enjoyed it was, that. That was a thoroughly. solid joke. That was you. solid. Yeah. I don't know. This was a, you know, this movie is fun. If you ever get the chance to watch it, I, I watched it on HBO Max, I think. Um, I watched it on Tubi, which I didn't know was the thing. Oh, no, I watched it on Tubi. I did yeah, watch it on Tubi. Tubi. Watching on Tubi for free. That was the first movie I've ever watched on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, they had a couple other movies on Tubi that I, I kind of wanted to go back and watch. That are more of those classics, um, like Booty Call and like all those other oh, things. Yeah. But, you know, I appreciate y'all watching this. I thought it was a good. It's a good peek into my mind. There's a lot of issues in there that are obviously still issues within our community that you know like that they highlight and things like that but obviously they don't tell those same stories like this in that same cookie cutter fashion anymore um but i just i I just thought it was a good watch something something very interesting and new and fresh for us to watch as a pod together no it honestly watching this movie makes me respect the weigh-ins way more and acknowledge that they're like they're very i think they're very good writers i think they're very smart and man i hope Man, I hope they make something like this again because it's just so good. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I think that the other Waynes are tapped out, but Marlon, I got to yeah. give props to Marlon Waynes. He's carrying his own and really building his own legacy. You know, yes. as of late. Um, but I do want to give credits to the Waynes just really, really briefly. They are trendsetters, and and that's not even a good enough word for the ways that they paved for a lot of different people and a lot of different sure. mediums, especially as black creators and black production companies and predominantly yeah. black cast, right? They were loyal to the T because whoever they had in In Living Color, they then went and then would have in these major movies and they had Jim Carrey and Jamie Foxx and all of these other people that were involved, J-Lo and all these other people associated with In yeah. Living Color. And they go into the bigger that they got, the more that they included these people in the films and the way that they just told these stories. You know, it can be I imagine it can be hard as a creative because back then and maybe even still now, there's a roof that you hit that that Mm -hmm. the production companies will only let you go so high and tell so much of a story. And I can imagine I can't even imagine the amount of roadblocks that they had and a lot of things stole from them and ideas stolen from oh. them People think that oh. they could just recreate and it wasn't that easy to just do at such a high level yeah I'm, i mean there's a lot of diminishing returns at some point like there's you know that they are fo- that that studios are following where it's like at some point in time this style of comedy isn't funny anymore i this movie made me think of another movie um, that's very much this style called The Naked Gun, starring Leslie Nielsen. Oh, yeah. 1988. Same 100%. style of satirical, like making fun of these police style dramas. Yes. Um, like that I thought were hilarious growing up. And this is very much in line. Like I knew mm-hmm. within 10 minutes, I was like, this is this is my shit. Like yeah. this, which this, I'm this sure is... they were inspired by, right? Like you well, like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing. C- comedy is always like there's folks that inspire others to do you know, versions of it. So I'm sure the Wayne's brothers, cause that came out in 88. So right before they did living color and mm-hmm. then, you know, flash forward eight years and they were like, well, let's do our own. Like that makes a ton of I mean, sense to me. Like if the pit, if the pitch is naked gun, but we're doing black movies that, that I see how that sells itself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It. And then again, when scary movie comes out, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's yeah. the naked gun and don't be a menace, but 
make it horror movies. Like yeah, it's, it horror movies. makes it you just, so easy. You either you just pick an audience or you pick a genre. Like yeah. maybe it's not just black people. It's genre is black films. And you just yep. pick the genre and you just run with it. They could have gone on for another decade, well, probably. And people, I mean, people it. tried to copy their success with all the other Fail. parody movies that came out at the time, mm-hmm. but they like scary movie and scary movie two were top of I mean, that's probably top shelf. probably what they're best known for. I mean, at this mm-hmm. point, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. I want to do this with like so I want to do this with like again with Brian and I. Like not to take away from because I think it's always good to see like what influenced your brain, Marcus. So not to take away, especially um, in Black History Year, not to take away. Um, But I would also think it's kind of it's good to see where your comedy comes from. Mm -hmm. Just as someone who's your friend to see like, oh, where does this where does this stem from and come from a little bit? So Mm -hmm. I kind of want to do that with Brian a little bit too because i think that would be very funny yeah, and then yeah. i i want to show you some stuff that i that for me yeah let's I keep think swapping the, for the bonuses the sweeps we like to do the bonus swaps that would be fun mm-hmm. to do but mm-hmm. um thanks for picking this this was great i, yeah, no, I loved it watching. it was awesome yeah this was great um yeah well that does it for this bonus episode of films in black and white bonus. uh we'll be back uh next month with another bonus either a Brian or a Doug pick, or we'll figure figure out what we're going to do, but stay tuned because we've got big stuff coming. Um, but in the meantime and in the between time, stay safe, stay healthy. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all next week. Bow, bow, bow. I hate my black or whoopee go, but I hate my gums because they black. <laughs> I hate trash bags. I, I, I feel like it's something about trash bags. Too. It was hilarious. <laughs> I hate